Welcome back to the Skating Sports Podcast, guys. We're here with Coach Jeremy, and before we get started, this is probably like three weeks late. I've been inconsistent with the, the uploads. But thank you, guys. We've hit over 1,000 subscribers now, maybe even 1,100 uh, by the time of recording. So mm-hmm. thank you guys so much for that. Uh, enjoy all the advertisements. <laughs> I've been waiting for a minute to give you them. But without further ado, Coach, mm-hmm. Coach formerly of the Rise Rams, now Toronto Metropolitan University, mm-hmm. still Rams? Uh, no, it's uh, first off, thank you for having me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's cool to be here. Uh, I think uh, we, you, you said three weeks late for us, too, it was a yeah. couple months late just to try to get this together. So I'm glad I'm here. Uh, it's Toronto Metropolitan Bold, right? Bold. So we're the Bold, and our mascot is a Falcon. A Bold Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but I see they're doing remodeling and stuff mm-hmm. around the university. It's mm-hmm. gonna look super, super dope. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole wide range of questions I wanted to ask you. I didn't even bother bringing them because I know we're not going to get to all of them. Mm -hmm. But I have to start with, do you remember the first time we actually met and interacted with each other? Um, The first time that we met, I I know it was at a basketball game. Of course. Obviously. Now, I'm not sure if it was here. I do remember the first few times me meeting you and and, um, it it, it was here. It might have been. It, yeah, it, it had to be here because I remember coming here for an event, and I just seen you with a with a camera, and yeah. you just introduced yourself, and I'm yeah. like, "Hey, how you doing?" Yeah. And we just started talking. Yes, it was here. Yeah, we just started here. talking, and um, I guess from there, it just I just was like, "Okay, there's there's someone new <laughs> in the game, just like I was a few years ago," and he seems to be enthusiastic. He seems to want to do this. So I'm like, "All right." I, let me answer this question because you had a bunch of questions. I'm like, hey, Always. let's talk. Let's talk. And then since then, I kind of seen you more and more, and it kind of mm-hmm. built a relationship to, to where it is now, where it's like a, a, a mutual respect because I see you, I see the work that you put in. Yeah, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I got my timeline mixed up mm-hmm. because the time I was thinking about, it was rather Premier or Platinum. Mm-hmm. You're definitely right. It was definitely here that we mm-hmm. met now that you say that. But there was uh, a game mm-hmm. uh, between... I don't know if I should say, you know, we can say it's last year, old mm-hmm. news. Uh, new and up and coming team, Burlok mm-hmm. versus an established Lincoln team. Mm-hmm. It was yep. coming up mm-hmm. and uh, the word around the gym was, you know, Lincoln should be yep. you know, the heavy, heavy favorites. And, and you Most gave definitely. me a look and you yep. said, yeah, I, I don't know how it's going to go. And mm-hmm. I said, oh, watch out. That Burlok team's pretty strong. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Lincoln ended up winning. Uh, but It was a close game. It was a close game. It was mm-hmm. a very close game. Mm-hmm. And I think Burlow had a horrific shooting game. Mm-hmm. But silver lining, mm-hmm. you know, probably six months later, a member of that team is now a bold TMU player. Hey, you know what? Um, I'm not taking credit for it. but You know what? You, you should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, again, it, it, it takes a village to be able to do what, what mm. we do. All right? We cannot do it by ourselves. So having conversations and the player that you're talking about is uh mr mccray mr yeah. isaiah mccray who again uh love uh the work that he's put in uh he has so much room to grow but the the stuff that he's done up to now absolutely love him uh great family as well too so uh yeah uh no if, I, if you want to take the credit go ahead I take it. For it but i wanted yeah, to, i wanted to ask you because last year was kind of all over the place for everybody mm-hmm. because it became I think it was known probably for a couple years before last year that prep school is where 
the next level players are going to be. But last year, to me, felt like an influx. Now we have a bunch of new prep programs. Uh, The OSB had to expand quite a bit this year Mm -hmm. to accommodate that. But how difficult was it for you to sift through, you know, a dozen or more new prep programs Mm -hmm. versus the traditional model? Like, was it... Was it complicated? Was it refreshing? What what was the at, what was the attitude like for you having to go through a team like Burlough and all these new programs? I wouldn't say it is. It was difficult uh, because of the um, plan that Coach Dave had had all of us on, and the fact that we're all workers, so we were we would naturally be at almost every game, mm-hmm. whether there were twelve teams, whether there's twenty fourth, thirty six, fifty, mm-hmm. we would be at at the games that we need to be at. Mm-hmm. So. It actually kind of helped because there were more games. Yeah. So now the availability of you being able to watch some, some of these games opens up even more. Instead of it just being a finite number of games, it's, well, we have more games to see. And we were able to find, I, I believe, a diamond in the rough in yeah. Isaiah McCray. Were you at all worried about maybe like a watered down effect with there is more teams? Mm-hmm. There's not necessarily, you know, 12 more teams worth of guys that are at this level, mm-hmm. right? So um, did you find the product of the prep level last year to be the same as years past or was it? Um, I wouldn't say it was the same as years past because I was involved with a few classes that have, mm-hmm. have guys that are playing in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. Um, just in a few, but um, I would, again, it's twofold. For me, I would say maybe it is, but for the opportunity that it provides for these coaches and for these kids, mm-hmm. it's actually beneficial, right? right? So maybe it, it went too much on the extreme this past year. Maybe mm-hmm. it's going to go down to a number where it's manageable, where almost every single game is competitive instead right. of having some lopsided games. But again, whether we have a small amount or we have a major amount there will always be blowouts Mm -hmm. right so whether you think it's watered down or not it's again it it, the same thing is going to happen when you're out recruiting and you're Mm -hmm. watching all these games and and guys the answer to the test is coming right now (laughs) what are some of the things that catch your eye immediately when you're going out on a recruiting trip um again i don't want to give a all of our secrets here yeah. <laughs> of, of how we look at guys. But I would keep it to the point where, again, um, you want to show your strengths. Mm-hmm. Like you do not want to play outside of yourself. Right. If you are not someone that is known as a slasher, uh, more known as a shooter, but you want to show that, you know, like mm-hmm. you, you want to show your strengths. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that you are in the right positions. This is for everybody, no mm-hmm. matter what game you have, right position. You want to make sure that you're communicating extremely well, right? Your interactions with your teammates and your coaches is also something that we see and that we look at. Yeah. Uh, and then just just seeing just seeing how you play, right? Yeah. Again, I'm trying to keep it as broad as possible because yeah. I don't want people to say, oh, that's what they look for. But, but again, just those things, I, can, I think every single coach are looking for being in the right position, it, mm-hmm. does he communicate? How does he relate and, and communicate with his teammates or coaches? Uh, just to kind of see just the first impression. And then once we see it again, that's when we go and dive in a bit right. deeper as well too. What what tends to initiate the contact with players? Is it them reaching out or is it you guys find them in gym? What, I mean, I'm assuming it's both. Mm-hmm. But what do you think is more likely to get the ball rolling? Um, 
more likely to get the ball rolling for someone to actually get recruited is yeah. through us seeing it. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's usually the case because we get messages, emails, texts from, from coaches, from parents, from right. student athletes that may not be at the level that we're at. Right. Um, but uh, for the most part, it's it's mostly through us kind of seeing it, whether it's a close reference or it is just us just identifying mm-hmm. uh, a student athlete that we're very interested in. Every now and then I always circle back to this point. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but um, do you prefer the prep system with where it's, you know, every day we're going, uh, it's a basketball orientated sort of uh, experience mm-hmm. where you're going to have more practice in the traditional high school experience. You're mm-hmm. going to be more dedicated. There's going to be nutrition. There's going to be all that. Like they, they really tailor you to be the best basketball player you can mm-hmm. be as opposed to the old high school version where it was just, you went to your local high school mm-hmm. and you know, people got the talking and then people came out that way. I only say that because one side of the coin was free and it was regular high school versus mm-hmm. prep, which is starting to become sort of an arms race mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, well, we have to make a budget. We mm-hmm. have to, you know, do all these things. You do get the extra exposure. You probably do get better mm-hmm. in that situation. Uh, what, what is your opinion on that sort of trade-off that we've seen from the traditional high school experience to prep? Um, from what I've seen with the traditional high school um, model versus prep is that I think the placement's a bit higher now. Okay. Right? As far as because parents and student athletes are asking for full-time mm-hmm. um, responsibilities and jobs to be put into them, right? They want to make sure that they have the schedule, mm-hmm. that we are communicating with NCAA coaches. This is when I was a prep coach. Right. Uh, that we are making sure that we're bringing the very best uh, training on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. That we're putting a weight room program together, yeah. but we're also being mindful of their rest uh, to work ratio. Right. Right. And also being able to implement the study hall, supervising the study hall, like for mm-hmm. all of these things to be in place, it, it takes time. Yeah. And um, if you don't have a team, then I guess it's the one coach that makes it happen, or maybe he has an assistant or right. uh, a secretary. But uh, it all, again, both models have worked because we have sent guys down to the States, yeah. uh, sent guys to great schools here in Canada, and even have professional players that have come out of high school. Mm-hmm. But I could say that the game, as far as the skill level of the guys now versus before, absolutely, right? Uh, the skill level now and the athleticism is 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 yeah. out of this world. Now maybe the gr- the toughness maybe back then was a little mm-hmm. a little tougher, right? But I, I would say the skill level and the athleticism athleticism now of these guys, yeah. like there's some guys East Bay in grade eight. <laughs> like we were just trying to dunk in yeah. grade eight, or maybe we knew a guy that could windmill. Now the whole layup line on on a particular team, they're all windmilling. It's like. That's not something that was evident before on every single team. Yeah. And I think it's because we've kind of brought them all together yeah. instead of them all being spread out. So now you're able to see it a bit more, right. which then helps our Canadians when they're trying to go down to the state and say, hey, look, I could play against the competition that I want to go to. Or mm. the Canadian coaches can say, hey, I've played against U-sport level players yeah. and I can make it happen here with you or if your dreams are to go to the NCAA, I've done the same thing. Right. So I like the new model. Yes, it does cost, uh, but uh, again. Um, and it's not unjustly cost. Like no. There is expen- legitimate expenses yes. that people endure. Like mm-hmm. you're requiring, you know, let's say even coaches, 
it's not it's a full-time job to be a prep yes. coach there is no it is or, or if, if you have you a, could try to do a yeah, part-time can, and i've seen guys be very successful yeah. doing a part-time but again at at a certain point uh your yeah. your uh, work compound interest mm -hmm. is what's it's is what i call it yeah meaning the amount of work you do on a daily basis is gonna compound and compound to the point yeah. where it's gonna show the difference between one program and the other and ultimately i think there's two other things one being that uh on the parent side of things mm -hmm. there's probably an attitude change mm -hmm. towards well yeah now there is canadians in the nba there are mm -hmm. a lot a lot of canadians mm -hmm. making money off this game yep maybe it is worth an investment mm -hmm. to see that through and then also on the back end if you play prep that helps you get a scholarship in the states the, you might have made that money back it helps you get a scholarship mm -hmm. even in canada yeah like it, it's it's hey man the, the canadian league the, the guys that we have playing in the cbl mm -hmm. the guys that we have playing pro shoot these yeah. guys can play and even oh, yeah. the guys that we have playing this summer against the, the, these u.s teams they're putting yeah. numbers against top 25 programs yeah yeah um let's talk about you more specifically now mm -hmm. i wanted to get some of that on the record i just wanted to like get these kids you know understanding what uh what the prep scene's like and, so. and why it's worth it mm -hmm. um did you used to play yes i did i used to play i played at cathedral high school back in hamilton ontario okay i played basketball football and then uh played at fleming college basketball basketball yep how hard was it for you to give up football were you in love with it or was it just uh you know what football was weird because like i it i played it not because I wanted to, because mm -hmm. I guess uh, one of the coaches see me in the hallway just walking by. is like, yeah. dude, you'll be a perfect football player. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll try it out. I did it. Uh, I was fortunate enough to win MVP that year. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and again, the following year, which was my grade 13 year, I suffered a concussion in our very first game because mm -hmm. I didn't come off the floor. I, I didn't come off the field. I yeah. played offense, defense, special teams kickoff return I, I did everything right. up to the, about the third quarter for the concussion and then the football i i kind of just stopped the football uh, mm -hmm. career because of all the um talks at the hospital saying hey you know what i think you might be fine but just just so you know like you, you learned you had a concussion yeah and i'm like oh, i'm gonna stick to basketball <laughs> yeah so yeah and that's, no, and that's why i'm here i have a similar story to that because uh well I used to play soccer back mm -hmm. in high school and I enjoyed basketball more, but mm -hmm. I was way better at soccer. Mm -hmm. uh, I was playing, I was a defender. And then, you know, me and this guy go out for a header. Mm -hmm. Guy misses the ball, hits me in the face, mm -hmm. breaks my nose, give me a concussion. Oh, wow. like, I don't even like that. Oh, and my nose is still like, mm -hmm. the story continues. Yeah. So, um, quit soccer. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm done with this. I don't even like the sport. Now I'm getting hurt and stuff. It's mm -hmm. whatever. And then that same season or, you know the basketball season uh after because i think soccer was the end of the season and then whatever basketball starts the year after mm -hmm. um i'm like all right i'm all in it's a basketball season mm -hmm. playoffs elbow in the face broke my nose oh, again <laughs> and oh, wow. the first time um we did it properly we got it adjusted and you mm -hmm. know went to whatever uh specialist the, the last time my dad just walked into the locker room and said this is this is what you get now so we got a little we pushed it back a little too far one way back the other way. your dad's old school, but, yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah he was like we're not going back yeah like, this is this is your nose that's now. phenomenal and uh that ended the basketball career but yeah um when did you make the pivot from coaching to playing was there a gap in between that um there was a gap 
but just to touch upon the soccer thing, yeah. my first sport was actually soccer. Yeah? And Were you I nice actually, today? I, I, Let's I, go. I still love it. And I still one of my, it's still my favorite sport to watch, yeah. right? Because it's my first sport. Premier League? Uh, prim, Premier League, um, everything. What's your team? Uh, La, La Liga, like everything. My team in the, in the Premier League is, is, um, is Manchester, right? City United. City United, that's fine. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> now... Now, my favorite player growing up was Thierry Henry because yeah. he's French. He's, okay. He needs it down because they're French as well, too. Yeah. But, again, I used to watch soccer, like, religiously. Yeah. Right? And, uh, again, uh, France winning uh, two, uh, <laughs> two World Cups, two Euros. You know, I, I've seen it. I'm good. I, I, I was alive for it, so I'm <laughs> grateful for that. But, uh, yeah, man. Uh, but just to talk about the, the coaching part of it, um, uh, I got started in coaching by accident. Mm. I was literally just helping my, my little brother, who's currently, ironically, playing professional in France, basketball. Uh, and um, and uh, it was a practice that he was going to for the Ajax Lions. Back then, they had a partnership with grassroots basketball. So, Ro Russell and, uh, and um, Terrence Phillips, and also with Francis Fidel as well, too. Uh, the late Francis Fidel, he passed away, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, basically just brought my brother to a practice. Uh, I guess they were down a coach at that particular practice. And uh, Aaron Phillips just seen me and was like, hey, did you used to play basketball? I'm like, yeah, I used to play. <laughs> Do you want to help on this side? I'm like, all right, sure. So I, I just helped out on, on that side. And I actually did a good job because they gave me a drill. And with the drill, I just added a few progressions. And the guys were loving it. And they're like, yo. Yeah. Who's this guy? I'm like, no, I'm just I'm just doing what I'm doing. Like I used to play, so right. that's what I did. Uh, and then after after that little gap of time of me working a regular job, going to that practice and helping my brother out, it kind of just fell into place for me to to uh, coach. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And what was the next step out of there? Uh, the next step out of there um, was them throwing me to the wolves. I remember nice. our first tournament was a couple of weeks later. It was up in Newmarket. Uh, rep basketball tournament and um, I was coaching the second team which my brother was on the second team mm -hmm. uh, and um, we got to the finals how old was your brother at that time my brother was 15 turning 16 so, so 15 turning 16 yeah. playing on the second team and now he's a pro in France yeah <laughs> so and it, it's it's again it's all part of the compound uh, work interest right mm -hmm. if you put in the work it'll compound it'll compound and I'll get you the point to where you want to be. But yeah, I got to the finals. Um, second tournament, Detroit. Got to the finals versus uh, Kyle Kuzma, who was playing up in age at that time. And yeah, first two tournaments, got to the finals, got thrown in the fire. And then it's been over ever since. <laughs> what was Kyle Kuzma back in the day? How old is he then at that he point? He was a year younger. So he was uh, 14, I believe, playing a year up. Okay. Yeah. Was he was he Kyle Kuzma yet, or was he just oh, turning to? He was he was tough. He was disgusting. He, right? he was disgusting. <laughs> Absolutely. He, he 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 was always good. Now he's a lot better now. Obviously, but he's man. You could you could tell. Yeah. Sometimes with guys are NBA guys, you look at him like that's an NBA guy. Right. He just moves differently. The speed is different. The instincts are faster. You just see it. Man. Yeah, especially guys that are doing super well before they even filled into their frame. Yeah. And Wanda. Kuzma, yes. if this is what he's like filled into his frame, mm -hmm. it's not, you know. He didn't fill into his frame yet, no. Yeah. So, so the fact that he was doing it, you could just see it. Yeah. It's good. 
when did it switch from you to being like, okay, I'm doing the coaching stuff. Um, I'm assuming it's more or less part time. Like when does it become like a full switch? I am a coach now. Full switch to coaching. Um, it didn't, I, I, the full switch was, uh, becoming a staff member first. So, yeah. Uh, I started with the coaching. Yeah. And then got a chance to join the Mississauga Power as a staff member. Yeah. I uh, started in the marketing department. NBL? NBL Canada. Okay. I started in the marketing department. Uh, had a chance meeting to show up to talk about uh, a draft class that was happening plus a free agent class. Right. Uh, we were tasked to bring in, I believe, five to ten names. I think I brought 30, 40. <laughs> yeah, because I was just like, I'm you know, just the... And then I, I just put in so much work into it they were yeah. like hey you 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 want to join the basketball off yeah. staff i'm like yeah that that I've, I've always wanted to yeah so and then i was able to join the basketball off staff which uh started part-time so i want to pause you right yeah, there because part. i think it's gonna go over people's head how difficult what you yeah. just said was mm-hmm. nbl team mm-hmm. looking for players mm-hmm. there's like you're, you're not putting okay lebron james Steph, nope. right no nope. you have to go several levels probably removed yep so to find players that, by the way, you're going to the possibility where, okay, they, they're most likely going yep. abroad mm-hmm. or they might even stop playing mm-hmm. altogether. Mm-hmm. So how difficult was it for you to, like, you have to make phone calls, you have to, like, web research, like, how do you know, or how do you come up with, I, I wouldn't be able to come up with 10 now. <laughs> do you want to know what I, I didn't call yeah. anybody because I didn't have any contacts because right. I was fresh. Um, what I did was I used a cross-reference. Right. I basically looked at all the players in the league. Mm-hmm. I tried to break down team by team by team, looked at their stats, and then I went and looked at their college stats. Yeah. So from there, uh, I was able to make a cross-reference cross of, okay, these are the type of players that will play in this league. So from there, I was able to kind of, okay. It's impressive, coach. Hey. <laughs> He's a thinker. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, you know, when you're putting to a situation where you have to just make it happen, mm-hmm. uh, I believe it shows the kind of true colors of who you are. Some yeah. people will quit. Some people will find a way. Some people will do one or the other. But it's, it's just like I had no other options. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I came in through the marketing department and helped them with some activations that they had during the summertime, but I, uh, that, that, that wasn't what I wanted to do. Right. I really wanted to get into basketball, and I felt that, uh, not felt, I thought, and, and seeing that my opportunity in was through the ops. Staff. Right. And then hopefully get into coaching later on once I proved myself. So that's what no, I did. That's incredibly interesting. Yeah. So you're going through... A, a, a I've never told this story. I've no, never told this to no one. That's yeah. what we aim for here. Yeah. Because it's, well, that's that's genius, right? Because yeah. you're going like, okay, these are the guys that were here yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. So if you back up a step, what they average in college? Yep. And you see what they average in college. Mm-hmm. You see who's averaging that this year in college. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now we have a player pool. Maybe you can even look up a little bit. Yep. Like, okay, maybe if these guys were, you know, eight, nine points game mm-hmm. scores, maybe we can get a 10-11 guy. And now yes. we have the best player on the team, theoretically. That is exactly what I did. You're a thinker. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. That's great. <laughs> okay, we'll keep going. So you, you, you've absolutely uh, blown the mind of the basketball ops guys yep, yep. with your strategy. Now, when do, how do we uh, get into coaching? Yeah. So, okay, again, this story is something I've never told. Yeah. I, I think a few people know it, but right. very, very, very low level. So, again, I was still kind of a part of the basketball staff, mm-hmm. but I was still 
again, uh, with marketing. So moved up marketing and went into game ops. Mm -hmm. So marketing, game ops, and quasi-basketball ops staff. Right. Very close to, to, to getting in on the professional. Is that me or you? That's me. Being okay. It's Wes Brown. Oh, there. <laughs> you should add him in. You should add him in right now. Uh, Wes Brown, good people. Okay. Uh, but uh, basically... Um, so during games, and I remember a game particularly versus the Brampton A's, they mm -hmm. were the natural rivals because they were very close. I was on the score sheet. Mm -hmm. So I would write down the score. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm looking at the coach from the Brampton A's, yeah. who was David Magley at the time. He's calling out his sets. So I have the score sheet in front of me, <laughs> and I have another sheet yeah. with basketball diagrams. Right. And I'm hearing him call the set. I write down the set <laughs> name, and I write down the set. Right. And then after the game or at halftime or whenever I had a chance to talk to the coach, uh, at the time it was Fred Graham. I'm like, hey, this is what they're running. Mm -hmm. He's like, yo, this is what they're running. Like, oh, okay, good. Good job, Jeremy. Cool. <laughs> so I would do that. And then uh, before games were happening, uh, I didn't have a basketball-specific program. I would basically just try to grab the clips, whether it was from YouTube or whatever platform we were using at that time, and I would create scouts. Mm -hmm. Right and create scouts of our opponents coming up, mm -hmm. and I would uh, gather their information, print it out, and also have the video as well. I'm like, "Hey guys, this is what's happening," and then it it got to the point where it's like, "Oh, this guy kind of he kind of knows what he's doing." Mm -hmm. So it it just naturally, I, I I can't pinpoint the moment that it happened. Right. It just happened. I just kept showing up, and they're like, yeah. "You know what? Just coming with the team because you're already here, yeah, and and we know you want to do this." So I just had along as a, as a second bench assistant, right. then was fortunate enough to move to the first bench. But that, that's an important lesson right there. Because mm -hmm. in more or less terms, every position that you had, mm -hmm. you've punched up, right? You're saying, yep. this is what the job requires. Mm -hmm. Here's what I'm going to do, yeah. right? And that's how you move forward. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's almost like a, a vicious cycle for mm -hmm. people that, you know, get into maybe their first coaching job mm -hmm. or you know, they're, they're attempting to scout or they're trying to do all these things. And yeah. they're like, okay, but this is all they need from me. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's all they need from me. That's all you're going to be, mm -hmm. right? So if you can't show people that you're doing more mm -hmm. every time you're doing something, mm -hmm. there's no reason to bring you along. But you know what? I wasn't trying to show more. Right. I was just doing it. Yeah. Maybe I was do, just trying to show more um, indirectly. Yeah. Subconsciously, but right. I was just like, oh, I'm doing it. Oh, it's there. Because I, yeah. I can do it. So I just did it. And yeah. And it just built up built up built up um i actually was wondering the other day because um i was just thinking uh after our oregon game i'm like dude like just you just had an opportunity to coach against oregon i'm like mm -hmm. i don't know how many people can say that they've had an opportunity to coach against oregon like this is this is huge it's like how the hell did you get here yeah i'm like and i, I, was, I was sitting there i was thinking i'm like i'm like oh i know why because I don't consider like weekdays as weekdays. I consider it as, as off days and mm -hmm. on days. Right. Right. So today is an off day. So yeah. I'm able to be here. Let's go. Right. <laughs> like it, it's weird. And this whole time I'm like, wait a minute, like I really operate that way. Yeah. And the only time I check the date is if I have something specific to do or just, or just to plan for. But right. every, everything was an on day, off day. Like it, it's, it was, it was like I was constantly punching the clock, constantly yeah. on, on the job. If you call me, hey, what do you need? Right. How can I assist? Mm -hmm. and it's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get into it. Because you guys had uh, a tremendous preseason, at mm -hmm. least uh, like you were saying, you're being thrown to the wolves early mm -hmm. on in your career. Mm -hmm. The preseason schedule, it's 
were they all D1 teams or? Uh, so two of them were D1 teams. One of them was a D2 team. Okay. Yeah. And just the experience as a whole. Mm-hmm. How do you think? Can we, actually, let's back up for a bit. Um, back in the day when it was called Ryerson, mm-hmm. now TMU, uh, they had a, an amazing run. I want to say it's five, six year span where yep. they were just powerhouses. Yep. You've kind of ushered in a new era since COVID where mm-hmm. naturally guys have to leave. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can't have you know seven, eight years on your team. Mm-hmm. So you got to have mm-hmm. um, new wind. Mm-hmm. Last year, it, it seemed like it was a growing year. Yep. And then this year, you're kind of like second leg of the mm-hmm. growing year. Mm-hmm. You have massive competition to start mm-hmm. off the year. Mm-hmm. How do you think you guys how do you think you guys responded to you know the first test of the season the first test of the season um was obviously northern illinois mm-hmm. it was a tough uh punch in the mouth mm-hmm. uh, as far as playing a team that is a solid team from top to bottom right these guys were fast they can shoot the ball extremely well right and they played together as a team and they defended mm-hmm. right and the one thing that they had oh, over our guys was experience right Right. So um, just seeing that and going through that, uh, the various practice that we had, the meetings that I had with Coach Dave uh, to, to kind of recalibrate and, 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 and re-strategize the way that we were doing things, it was, it was okay. Now let's move into this direction and, so that we could prepare to make sure that we are successful versus the next two teams. Yeah. Uh, the, the, this group right here, um, no, not taken away from last year's group. Mm-hmm. This group right here is a group that I, I, I feel very confident that within our preseason time right here from September to October, mm-hmm. that they're going to grow a lot. They're yeah. going to kind of uh, close the gap on the experience that they don't have at this level. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be able to make it work and, and play defense and, 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 and play the way that we want to play. Mm-hmm. And uh, so those early tests uh, were were great. We got a win versus St. Michael's. Mm-hmm. Uh, very close versus Oregon in the third quarter within seven points. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't have enough gas to be able to, to pull it out. These guys are just uh, out-rebounding us, just uh, shooting the ball very well. They're Oregon, yeah. right? They're, they're some of the best players in the country. They had a big so. that was oh. disgusting. Hey, you know what? That that guy has definitely... <laughs> he, was the re- he, he was one of the reasons why there were NBA scouts yeah. in the stands, right? There were various teams there that, that were watching, various agents. Like, yeah, it's... Uh, Mm-hmm. He is. He's definitely up up to the building. I, I wish him well. Yeah. Uh, it was great that he had that we had a chance to play against him. So now we can say that we could we played against a guy that maybe going to the NBA. But uh, would definitely love to see him back to see if we could get some revenge. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 interesting because it's not uh, a novel idea where mm-hmm. youth sports teams play mm-hmm. uh, NCAA D one t- uh, yep. schools early in the season. But usually the advantage that the youth sports teams mm-hmm. have is we have fourth, fifth years on mm-hmm. a team that have been playing together for yep. four or five years, as opposed to where you guys were in the situation where we still have a lot of fresh blood. Like yep. I said, McCray had a lot of run. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot. Of, I think you have a bunch of second, third year guys mm-hmm. too. So Oregon, who they, they do put guys through yep. uh, in the draft, but usually they run a core. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, they're, they're one of those high majors that, like if you have a Duke or a Kansas or mm-hmm. one of these perennial NBA mm-hmm. schools, mm-hmm. you have a lot of trade-off year after year because yep. you're losing guys to the mm-hmm. draft and pro opportunities. But you have a high major team in Oregon yep. 
who runs it back constantly. Yep. So that is. It was tough. Hey, it was great, and I, I like I said, I want, I want to run it back. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we get a chance next year, whether we go down there or they come down here or different teams, because I, I don't even think they could do year, year to year. I think it's every four years in right. NCAA that they can go up or go international. So. Yeah. Maybe we'll get someone else, but I, I definitely feel confident that going forward, our guys will be ready for that. Yeah. Um, speaking on the sort of hierarchy of university mm-hmm. basketball, like we said earlier, you guys had a really, really strong team that ran the country mm-hmm. for uh, a few years. Now you're coming into the, the second wind. Being an upper-level U-sports team, mm-hmm. How difficult is it for you to recruit? Because not to disparage any other U sports teams, mm-hmm. but there's U sports teams that are, you know, uh, they know the crop. Mm-hmm. Right? I feel like for you guys, it takes a while for to shake out the tree because there's you're dealing with players that are still looking at D one opportunities mm-hmm. and uh, you know that next level up. Mm-hmm. How do you is is it? As challenging as I'm making it up in my head? <laughs> no. So the only thing that's challenging is when uh, those said players yeah. uh, apply to school, yeah. uh, are accepted in their programs, and then the D1 offer comes in right there. Yeah. That, that, that's a tough part. So How often is that? Uh, it happened a lot. To <laughs> this past year happened a lot. And I, I guess you can attest the maybe the pandemic kind of helped mm. us out to be able to get some of these uh, high-caliber guys that mm. would be... D1 guys in normal years for for them to be able to say and to look at mm-hmm. at, at at TMU and say hey you know what I I want to see TMU as an option for me mm-hmm. I'd like to apply and uh, I I I believe in what you guys are doing um, love the meeting with you guys my parents believe in you guys as well too our family believes in you guys but uh, uh, if I do get an offer mm-hmm. I, right. it, it is something that I, I do have to look at seriously because it's it's going to help all of uh, my family financially right um, but the one thing that we say is that um, yes it, it the financial part it does help uh, right. but for the most part uh, you're kind of seeing a shift now in Canada yeah. where guys especially in their fourth and fifth years are just like you said just right. as good as these NCAA teams mm-hmm. right once you have a team of four and fifth years you can really compete yeah, if can not run. beat these guys but from the a pro standpoint like we have just as many pros playing in Europe at a U sport than mm-hmm. as, as as the NCAA because we play the European game. Mm-hmm. So as far as players staying in Canada, finding the right school, and ma- making it work, like you're going into, into a situation where you could be a national rookie of the year, like Aaron Rooms, yeah, instead of going to a D one school and maybe playing, maybe not playing, mm-hmm. but you're staying home. You're being coached by a national team coach and Coach Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a bunch of professionals and and provincial coaches on our staff, including myself, Mario, Mike Sally, and April, yeah. right? So, and I'm, I'm not just talking about us, maybe some other staff have it as well mm-hmm. in Canada with national team coaches, but the coaching is very good. You get an opportunity to play. You still get the visibility, the visibility and the exposure. And it's like, dude, like you might be better off having a better off career here in Canada than you would in the States, mm-hmm. right? So that's the trade-off. A couple of things came to mind there. Um, might be a messed up question, but how no, nothing's messed up. <laughs> how receptive uh, do you think U sports teams generally, or even maybe you guys are, to the idea of a player thinking, I had interest from D one, mm-hmm. it fizzled out. Mm-hmm. I really want to give it my all in U sports. Mm-hmm. 
and then explore that option later. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you think youth sports teams are receptive to? I think it's a case-by-case -case basis, yeah. depending on the team and the coach and the program that you're at. Mm -hmm. Some programs, again, that I, I don't want to name because I don't want right. to expose people, are, are totally against it. Mm -hmm. uh, some don't have the option to be able to make that available because they right. don't play the type of schedule or play in, in the location that right. allows for that to happen. Uh, we've, again, you've seen it at TMU with yeah. the, with Honor just yeah. recently where he went down to Florida State. Mm -hmm. Still in contact with him. I believe he just put up a picture on a story when uh, the R shorts. Right. So he still represents the brand, still loves still loves what it is, right? And I believe at, at one point he was like, oh, man, I, I wish I was back up in Canada just to train because I, yeah. I, just, I just miss it. So it all depends on the program that you're at. Um, again, we're, again, case-by-case -case basis, it's not something that we're opposed to, mm -hmm. right? Because at the end of the day, we're in it to assist student athletes. We can't right. say and talk to parents and families of like, we are looking out for your best interest if we're not mm -hmm. going to make sure that we put you in a position to become a professional on and off the court, yeah. right? So we have to make sure that we develop you to a point that you are good enough to play pro or maybe even if the NCAA does come, hey, maybe that's an option, but it hasn't really been something that, uh, uh, that, not every single student athletes can do that. Like right. you have to be extremely special to be able to be in that class to do that. Have you found that being in Toronto mm -hmm. has been a benefit for recruiting or is there like unexpected, like, ah, oh, the city's not for me type of thing? Um, it's twofold because you run into the student athletes that want to get out of Toronto. Right. And then you also run into the student athletes that want everything to do right. just to get into Toronto. Yeah. Right. Because they see it from afar there or or even you see someone from North York that wants to come downtown. Right. Right. So it's twofold. You 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 deal with both of them. Uh, you just have to make sure that, again, in your initial initial identification process, yeah. that you're vetting the student athletes well enough to know that yeah. before it gets into deep that, you know, OK, they want to stay home or right. they want to go away from home. Right. Yeah, so. I uh, I worked on that project with Isaiah McCray yeah. when he committed. Big time. And that guy was just yeah, all the yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That project was very good, actually. It was, it was very good, very Thank good. You. I liked I like how you transitioned from uh, him being here to there. Like, I liked it. <laughs> no, it was good. appreciate it. No, it's only I definitely want to do more of. Mm -hmm. You, we talked earlier about competing mm -hmm. with the NCAA for some of these players, especially at the top of U Sports. Mm -hmm. What can you sports do in your uh mind that can make them more viable to be able to get some of to improve the uh the market um well some of those things are happening uh kind of slowly right now uh there are more financial resources that are available for mm -hmm. these student athletes there are some things that are going to be changed and that's on, on that front that again mm -hmm. i can't comment on because it is right. within within universities, but that's a major factor right there. Mm -hmm. um, something else that is going to help is the CBL. Right. Like we have a professional league where these guys out of U sports, whether they're in their first year or fourth year, can go play, right. come back, and their tuition, uh, whatever the agreement is that they sign, most or part of their tuition gets paid. Mm. Yeah, right, because they can't make the money because obviously they're not professional athletes. They're, they're semi-pro, but... That's something that could definitely uh, that definitely helps us as well as to attract these student athletes. 
and overall the education as well too. Right. So finances, the, the professional development that we have in the CBL for the very best, and then the education being just as good if not better. Yeah, I, I hope it gets to a point. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a coach, I mean, refrain from comment, <laughs> but I, I think it's time for for full rides, for athletic scholarships, for creative mm-hmm. scholarships, for mm-hmm. like. Do you need the extra four grand from a kid that's gonna sell seats to a game? Mm-hmm. Or what if you know there's an artist that mm-hmm. wants to you know be in Toronto mm-hmm. to work on their art and go to school? Wouldn't you rather have them now? But again, f- please refer. <laughs> I don't know if that's gonna get you in well, trouble. Or not it, to it, talk it's about not it, even but. about getting me in trouble. Uh, there are certainly universities that do want to follow that model. Yeah, uh, that can. Um, uh, again, it has to be of total buy-in from yeah all parties yeah i would say and once that buy-in i think the buy-in like the buy-in is starting to happen because yeah. discussions are happening so yeah, yeah. Uh, i definitely see in the near future that um hopefully they 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 see that athletics can definitely be a viable business yeah right i, I think that's the the crux of it to make sure right. that universities see athletics as a business, because historically in Canada, it hasn't really been a business everywhere. Right. Right. I think education has been because of the various uh, results that you've gotten with scholars uh, attaining certain jobs mm-hmm. or, or doing certain projects that change right. the world. Now, if they look and put their vision towards athletic and say, okay, how can we make this into something that's viable that can maybe stand on its own? So yeah. that it's not something that we're taking away from the students at the school, but it's something that it could develop by itself, right? Yeah, so. the same way they invest in academics, obviously mm-hmm. more linear, but it's like yeah. you see someone's report card and they're mm-hmm. straight 100s across the board. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, we want this kid at our university because right. then they might be a rocket scientist and donate back to the university or make us look good. But at the there same you time, you could have a player <laughs> come into a school it turn change the, turn everything on its everything and it would change everything eyeballs from internationally mm-hmm. it would change everything because right. you would have businesses looking and say hey i want to be associated with this or i used to go there hey yeah. let's things could change that way so you hopefully men- it happens you mentioned the cebl earlier mm-hmm. uh was it guelph that you were with so this year i was with guelph the right. year before uh during half the season i was with the uh, saskatchewan rattlers oh so how- Okay, I didn't know that part. Mm-hmm. Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. I lived in Manitoba for nice, two years. So nice, I know. Nice, nice. I know with this. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Yorkton, I guess. But <laughs> Yorkton, what's up? What, what, <laughs> you know, I mean, we'll save that for another time. But I wanted to ask you about Guelph because mm-hmm. uh, J. Cole mm-hmm. made his debut against Guelph. Guelph, yeah. Uh, can you take us through that day? Um, what are the dynamics like on that day? Um, well, it was a regular basketball day. Uh, the only thing that was irregular is the amount of people that were there uh, yeah. as far as the hype. Just, it's not even the amount of people, it's the type of people that were yeah. there. Like, you would see people that you wouldn't see regularly, even in Toronto. You'll see mm-hmm. people from Atlanta, people you've seen on, on magazines, people yeah. you see on blog websites, on Instagram. They were there mm-hmm. at the game, courtside. O'Shea, so, Kenny Lofton. I, I couldn't even name everyone yeah. else I saw. There, <laughs> there were a lot of people that were just... Even from an entertainment standpoint, mm-hmm. like there were a lot of people that were there, uh, just to be able to see someone that is internationally recognized as one of the best, if not the best, depending on who you ask, playing basketball, yeah. and it's in Guelph. Like yeah. what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like that? You can't make it up. Like yeah. that? That's incredible. And now, just because of that, I think that there's a new crop of of student athletes and 
parents and families that were just exposed to basketball in a different way. And now mm-hmm. I think we've gotten new basketball players out of it. So. Yeah. Uh, I saw Sam here the other day. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I pitched a couple more for him for nice. next season. Nice. We'll see if he takes many of them. But now, I, are I, you I able to share it here or is it private? Maybe off camera. So we'll, we'll talk. Go off camera, but we'll I did talk about a certain guy that you know lives and reps Toronto a okay. lot. Of it. You know what I mean? Wow. Okay. I mean, that, that's that's any balls. <laughs> okay. I mean, oh. yeah, he has a court yeah. in his house. Oh, okay. so, I mean, All, right. All right. All right. I I wanted to play stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want the crowd to kind of know, but no, you we said know, it, so now they know. No, 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 no. But I, I don't think that's a thing. But you know, it'd be nice. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he could own the league one day. To be honest, I, I think he, I think he has enough money on the league now. But <laughs> I, what they've done with that team, the fact that they made it to the finals, and I, I know a few members of the coaching staff and even some mm-hmm. of the players, all kudos to them, man. Mm-hmm. They, they did an incredible for for an expansion team to make it to the finals. They did an incredible job. Yeah, and yeah. they had incredible talent, mm-hmm. uh, top down, and mm-hmm. it's more about bringing the team together for another year and yep. seeing how people fare when they run it back. But I wanted to ask you again about Jay Cole because. Um, are there guys are there guys geeking down in the locker room? Oh, yeah. Is there a scouting report on J Cole? Or are so, you like there is a scouting report on J Cole? Um, <laughs> again, just from seeing his film from when he played in the BAL. Yeah. So we were watching it because again, we we didn't want to be the team that he goes off against. Yeah. Right. He did hit a three versus us. I believe yeah. it. I believe he hit two shots versus us. Mm-hmm. But again, we wanted to make sure like he wasn't going to go off versus us. So we right. had to make sure that we had a scouting report against him. Yeah. So just breaking down the things that he does he, he he did in those games and just making just making it tough for him. Was there any sort of fight to get to who gets to guard J. Cole? No. That team, again, those guys were great. Yeah. Um they knew their role. Uh they had an up and down season. Uh and unfortunately again with AJ Lawson going and and, mm-hmm. and, and signing with his with the Timberwolves is, is great, yeah. But again, it, it kind of took away a, a large part of a guy that that could definitely yeah. ball, right? So yeah, it's an, a bizarre season for that club. Yeah, they started off the year selling out. Jay Cole's in the sell house. out. And Everyone's then, there, and end of the year, now they're in. They're Calgary. Calgary. Yeah. Calgary. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Hey, you know what? It's the nature of the business. Uh, things happen, mm-hmm. and um, uh, some it's just something that you, you just have to roll with, and mm-hmm. you and you have to adjust. Jeremy, last question. What is your mindset for the future? Is it in coaching? Do you see yourself in a front office one day? How far do you want to take this? And like, what's like, I guess, like utopia for you in this world? Um, again, right now the utopia is to become a U sports coach. Yeah, uh, I've taken that step away from prep to go to the, to the university game and and to be able to become a head coach at the U sport level. But before I do that, I, I need to complete my mission and complete my job and assist. Coach Dave and achieving his goals by being his mm-hmm. lead assistant. Uh, hey, if if there is a professional opportunity in the works, uh, I think I've shown that I can do it both from a front office or from yeah. a, a a coaching standpoint. I'm just going to um, continue to do what I've done, which is continue to put in that work compound interest and just letting it uh, flow where it goes. But right now, it's definitely into coaching because that's where all my focus is at. So. That's where I'm at. Jeremy, appreciate the time, Coach. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm expecting big, big things out of you personally and That's a it. nice season for TMU this year. Mm-hmm. And guys, go check out U Sports Games. Go check out TMU. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Perfect. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, best. That was fun.